Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with your Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be do 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 um i do want to get to nuggets lakers game two great atmosphere last night and by the way i love that we have somebody other than russell wilson to like focus on with the camera pay manning was there last night like john elway's got to be at game five doesn't he right john elway maybe break out uh, some famous former colorado rocky We'll see if we get Matt Holiday on the horn, see if he wants to go there and 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 sit courtside. He would. He loves hoops. Got to figure out some other kind of Denver uh, social elites to focus on other than just Russell Wilson, who's getting a ton of FaceTime. Peyton Manning looked like um, kind of older, white uh he is dad. older. Older he white, is white. Dad at the He game. is a dad. Like tucked in khakis. With that's a, who he, with, that's with who he is. Yeah, with the collared shirt. That's who we, like that's a Peyton Manning staple. I can't see you going tucked in khakis at a basketball game, Doug. But I'm also not. Peyton's from the South. It's a little more proper, right? That's just how he rolls. That's none of that is. That's the sheriff. But my look, my look is universal. Okay, I wear, I wear a t-shirt every day. 
And if I'm forced to wear pants, I'll wear some form of, you know, trendy ish, but I won't be in the top of the, like, I think we've gone now back to the baggy jeans, which I'm like, damn, I had some good baggy jeans in college. We're back to that. I think so. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the skinny still exists, but I think we're working our way back. What's the best way to figure out what the, what, uh, the hot jean um, styles. Ask Dan Byer. Uh, I was going to say true. Some of us never left. Some of us never left the, uh, you know, the uh, non-skinny jean era. Yeah. The, the bell bottom and the high waist is the women's <laughs> stuff. I don't know for men. I do think, and, and the girls have gone back. They have the baggy jeans as well. I know my daughter's really into the store. Alice and Olivia, I guess. Is, is my mic on? Am I on? Yeah, you're okay, on. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I just completely dismissed my uh, my wearing of baggy jeans. Has any team gotten more out of a quarterback for a lesser tenure than the Broncos and Peyton Manning? You don't even think of him as a Colts quarterback. It is. I know we've touched on this before on the show, but goes there for four years, What now lives uh, in Denver. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is... You're talking about getting all the pulp and juice out of that orange. Pretty amazing on how how that is turned. It's crazy to me. Yeah, 14 seasons in Indy, only four in Denver, and I still think he's seen as a cult. But yeah, I mean, because he lives in Denver, um, they, they benefited greatly. From yes, it. yes. Is there greatly any, from it? Is there any bad blood between him and the Colts? Didn't they? Doesn't he have a statue for the Colts as well, or no? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I don't know if it's bad blood with I them. don't think there's I don't think there's bad blood. I th- I think it just kind of worked out in Denver's favor. Huh. Like Denver's one of those places where if you live in the suburbs, I mean it's uh, it's described to me by a lot of people as LA 30 years ago where everybody's from somewhere else you move there like man this place is kind of awesome. Right? And you're living in the suburbs, you're living a good life. Now, I don't I don't love the idea that you could have snow on the ground in like May, but they all go like, well, snow today, but tomorrow 75. Like, yeah, but then it all melts. It's still, it's still snow. Uh, but the front range is, is a place where again, people who move there and live there, most of them love it. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it's, it. it's not meant to be a diss on the Colts, but in a weird way, it just kind of is Yeah, because of how much the Broncos in Denver have gotten out of him moving to that team. Uh, Jim Brown passed away at the age of 87 today. Uh, last hour, I kind of listed for you some of what made an incredible, incredible life. This is Jim Brown from his A Football Life on the NFL Network. I'll tell you why I'm the way that I am. It doesn't start on the field. It starts as a person. I was dealing with race since I was born. And in my inner self... My strength was unbending when it came to accepting that BS, racial discrimination, because I was never going to let anybody make me feel that I was not top shelf. And that was the battle that raised, and I could use a lot of that on the field. Yeah, there's the famous, uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm getting to the, Richard Pryor had that famous, had this famous bit about him where he said, you know, Jim Brown was rushed for 200 yards when they wouldn't block for him. And they'd step on his hand, and he'd just get up and say, that's going to cost you 100 more yards, right? 
So uh, a, a breakthrough athlete, an amazing story. Um, are you a Dirty Dozen guy, um, John Ramos? You're, a, you're our cenophile. Are you a Dirty yes. Dozen guy? Yes, that's a very, very good movie. Lee Marvin and, of course, Jim Brown. Very good movie. I can Did believe Clean Street was in that as well, I think. He was? Or that, I think that's where the Eagles dare. That's a different movie. So, But, yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, Dirty, Dirty Dozen was, uh, that was, that was not, I don't think Clint Eastwood was in that one. No, I don't, I think you're, I think it was where the Eagles dare is the, was a Clint Eastwood movie. With, I don't think Eastwood was in that one. <laughs> Lee, Lee Marvin, Lee, like I knew Lee Marvin from that movie and then, uh, Paint Your Wagon. Paint Your Wagon. Um, but the Clint Walker, not Clint Eastwood. You get the wrong Clint in there. <laughs> I think it was Clint Walker in that. Have you yeah. seen yeah. it right, John? Get your Clint. Fire, have right. you seen? Honestly, and, and this is not. Have you ever seen Dirty Dozen? No. Uh, what about you, Jay Stu? I've never watched it. No, I know Consider, of it. Considered one of the all-time great movies. Considered by by many people. Yeah, it's one of those things where like you know about it. If you live and you pay attention, you know about the movie and the references. I just have never consumed it. You know, kind of like the Smiths with in music. You know, it's a it's a didn't somebody from the Smiths die today? You you tweeted about no Andy Rourke, their bassist passed away. Um, sadly to say, I hate that. You know, and and that kind of leads me to one of my pet peeves. Um, whenever two people die within a short window, um, you always hear that whole thing. You know, they say they die in they threes, die in threes. And, and the third one's always a stretch. You know, it's always like, eh, okay, I, if we have to make this cliche work, we'll just kind of fit it in there. Andy Rourke is only 59 years old. What did he, he die from? Cancer. Yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible. I'll tell my daughter. You know, my daughter's a big bassist. She knows, but she knows all of them. But along those lines, I think we had this conversation on this show at some point. We were talking about Raquel Welch. You know, when he, uh, when he did that movie with her and did a love scene with her, that was... That was like groundbreaking. It was like shocking to the to our society that there was a mixed race love scene. It was a it was it was quite a groundbreaking moment in cinema. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I and and I I am fully aware that I grew up in a place. You and I um, grew up in a place in Ramos too, where I think race in California. In the 80s and 90s, obviously, when you had the riots, but that was more police and the treatment of black people and abusive police or some of the stuff we saw a couple summers ago. Um, But in terms of our own racial kind of relationships with people, it's always been much more homogenous in California. Like I moved in California in 81 and but I like I didn't even did you guys know that like mixed um, marrying Somebody of another race was illegal until I think the seventies, wasn't it? Like that's just crazy. It's like insane. That really happened. Uh, but Jim Brown is—he's one of those guys where, you know, do I know he would have been like a great running back in this era? I, I, I can't—I don't know. But he checks every box for a better, a more athletic Derrick Henry. Right. He was like six two, two thirty. And if you think, well, you know, they didn't catch the ball to the backfield, like, well, he was a basketball player and he played lacrosse. 
So he obviously had incredible hand-eye coordination. He wasn't just an incredible specimen, and he would run through you, run around you. Like He checks up all the boxes, a guy that would be good in any era. Any era. And then he walked away only nine years in, right? And how about the fact that he was a first-team All-Pro eight years in his ninth? That's incredible. I saw a note where um, he was he's the first or the only non-quarterback to win three MVPs. In uh, in 1962, his career high uh, in receptions that year, 47th. Doug, that was tied for 18th in the entire league. He had 47 catches, and that was 18th. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, like this is like the he didn't catch the ball a ton, but he caught the ball more than any other running back, and stands the reason that he would evolve pretty good, right in this era. Yes. Yeah. There was only uh, there was only one other running back who caught more passes in the league, so he could do that skill. Hmm. Who's the? Here's the question: Who's the great football player of a previous era? Who you're like? I just I kind of wish I saw him so I could under so I could get it more. Like Jim Brown's probably that guy. Like I kind of wish I would have seen it live to totally get it. Anybody else have, like honestly? Deacon Jones. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't it even was, think we appreciate like how good Reggie White was. Um, I think we were like we we're so in love with Lawrence Taylor. Yes. Um, and now you look back at Reggie White highlights. Um, not that he didn't get his acclaim, but I just you know when we're talking about you know I just think when you're talking about quarterback sacks, LT is you know is such a freak. Um, but to hear those guys talk about Deacon Jones. Um, that would be the one that I would want to see. One guy I think that you're a huge fan of is Steve Largent, right? And yes. Who would, who would 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 Steve Largent be Cooper Cup today? Um. Gosh, you know, I, I, it's funny because I just think like you know the the offenses are so catered towards the wide receiver, um, and I don't think that tons were catered towards Steve Largent. Um, so I'm trying to like almost find a way where talking about squeezing out that orange, mm-hmm. you know, of what the Seahawks got with uh, with with that. But you know that could be I mean, he wasn't as big play as Cooper Cup was um, in r- the run after the catch. I would think so. Um, what about you, Jay Stu? Is there a guy? Is there an uh, older football player you wish you would have saw, seen? To get more, a clear perspective on like what everybody's talking about. Yeah, I think Gail Sayers is that that guy. Oh, I, that's a good one. I think didn't he? Uh, what do you do? He did like six times in a game. He scored a touchdown. I think like four of them were kickoffs or something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah, he was a kickoff returner slash uh, running back. Only played a couple. He's kind of like the Sandy Koufax of the NFL. Like, well, really bad knee injury, right? Yeah, really bad knee injury, and that was back before they could really fix knees when they, when when you had catastrophic knee injuries. Uh, but Brian's song also kind of uh, made him it made him resonate. What about you, uh, Ramos? I would say for me, Dick Buckus. Mm. That would be somebody that I. It's a good one. Uh, obviously, a great player, Hall of Famer, and kind of began the whole linebacker thought pattern. I'd kind of like to see. Uh, my understanding is those guys were just like vicious. Like they, there was no no rules whatsoever, right? It was just like they would they they come across and like cut you with their with their arms, like they're just like your head, and it was just pretty brutal back then. So I Dick Buckets would be my choice. Mine would be Fran Tarkenton. 
uh, because he feels like a modern era quarterback playing back in that era, right? Um, where he would he could run, he could throw, you know, he could make people miss. Like I've I've heard so many people talk about Fran Tarkenton, like oh you know Fran Tarkenton. I I, I would I would those old quarterbacks I would love to love like you go kind of through them Johnny Unitas. Um, honestly, like I don't feel like I got when I loved Marino. I was a Marino guy back in the day, but I'm not sure people have a great appreciation for Dan the Man. They don't. They don't. He never had a running back. Now, here's a question about Dan the Man. Did he not have a running back because he didn't want to have a running back? <laughs> There's and, something to that, yeah. And he was so slow that you couldn't really put him under center, right? So he had to be out of the shotgun. But, like, dude, he used to get it and zip it, Clayton and Duper. I, I think Jim Kelly's much the same way because he didn't win a Super Bowl. But I, I think Dan the Man, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, those guys, and, of course, there's a connection there with Jim, both from Western Pennsylvania, uh, Jim Kelly played at Miami, and of course, uh, Marino was the quarterback of the Dolphins. But yeah, they they didn't have if they didn't really have a great defense, and they didn't have a running game. But they were out there slinging like how people play now. That's how they played then. It's funny because nowadays, Doug, it seems like all we hear about, and we heard it with Lamar Jackson too, is. We're going to build our offense around the quarterback, right? That's what we hear a lot about now. Everything's going to be built around you. When you talk about Dan Marino and he just and uh, Jason just made a good point, I'm not sure if they tried to build the team so much around the quarterbacks back then. Like maybe if Dan Marino was built around him, maybe they would have won the Super Bowl at some point during his career, or Jim Kelly. Even though they had Thurman Thomas, I mean he was, but and Andre Risen who's a Hall of Fame, or Andre Reed who's a Hall of Famer, and uh, what's his name Smith on the other side. Yeah, they but had I don't know. They had dudes on defense. I mean they went to three straight Super Bowls. They, they had an offense and a defense that ran the K gun. I, I don't know. I would. I would. And they definitely four. built it around Dan Marino, huh? Yeah, four straight Super Bowls. Are you talking about the Bills? Yeah. Bills, yeah. four straight Super Bowls. Yeah. And, and the Dolphins, though, they only got to one Super Bowl. They were always in the playoffs. They, they were. They were actually a defensive team before Marino took over. They had the Killer Bees defense, and David Woodley was their quarterback when they lost to Washington uh, in the Super Bowl. Then Marino ends up taking over. Um, the next year as a rookie, and they were really good. The Seahawks actually knocked them off in the playoffs that year, and then Marino's second year, they go to the Super Bowl, but they're actually a defensive, you know, they had a good defense when uh, prior to Marino's time there. The, the, I mean, the, the two greatest Monday night football games I can ever remember was when they beat the Bears in 85, and then Favre when his dad died. Favre when his dad died. But, like, do you, do you guys remember that game at the old Orange Bowl and the Bears? I mean, the Bears did not lose a game the rest of the year. The Bears in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, like, the only controversy was they didn't give the ball to Walter Payton to score a touchdown. Like, the rest of the game was, didn't, didn't yeah. meant, was nothing about it at all. They were completely dominant. But one Monday night football game, Dan the Man Marino, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, um, they ended up beating him. That is, and, and it's interesting because I wonder what Marino's legacy would have been if they would have beat New England because they lost in the AFC Championship game. Sure. And we don't, I don't think we talk about that one as much as maybe we should. We just talk about their win in the regular season. But if we would have had that rematch, and that would have been 
I think, I mean, we still reference Super Bowl twenty because of the dominance, but you talk about the great matchups to have that rematch of what could have been. What a crappy Patriots team, too. <laughs> yeah. They really choked that AFC title game away. Steve Grodin? Grogan? Grodin? Grogan. Yeah. Grogan. Well, he was in Miami. Miami. Yeah, he they didn't even start home. that game. It was Tony Easton that was oh, the quarterback. Yeah. Easton. Grogan yeah. played like the last quarter because they were down by so many points. Man. Um, all of this, by the way, if you're just joining us, you're like, why are they? We're talking about Jim Brown passing away, and we're talking about, you know, this is our childhood. Right. This is when we're all 85. I was I was nine. Right. It's like your formative years. Dan, you were like six. Right. Uh, I'm only a year younger than you. So, yeah. Oh, oh OK. I'm yeah. sorry. So you're like eight. I'm, I was nine. Um, Ramos was 23. <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> Jay Stu is a teenager. What middle school, Jay Stu? Uh, Brea Olinda or Brea. You have middle Brea school? Middle School as well? Yep. Wow. Wow. All right. I didn't know that. I didn't know you went to Brea and then Brea Olinda High School as well. Brea Olinda School District. I've never actually been to Olinda. I've only been to Brea. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your... Protection one place, one on say progressive.com. So this is from the Dirty Dozen, correct? Yeah, Ramos, this is the Dirty Dozen? Oh, that's the A team? Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't know if the if the A team was a takeoff on the we'll get to the A team and that discussion upcoming. Uh it's a it's from a tweet I had about uh, that we had about the best TV show theme songs uh, when we were kids. Mark Stein joins us, NBA correspondent on Substack. You got to check out his new podcast. It's in my queue. Should be in yours. He and Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes, of course, does the sidelines for uh, for Turner. So you got two incredible insiders. It's called This League Uncut. It dishes on the biggest NBA topics, the rumblings. More than just what they, you know, like Twitter doesn't really do it, do justice to all that they know. So Stein and Haynes just, they sit around, chop it up, and they have this pod called This League Uncut. Mark Stein, Chris Haynes, get it where you get your podcast from the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Mark, let, let's let's start with the story out of Philly that James Harden was a big part of why uh, Doc Rivers is not the coach of the Sixers anymore. But then James Harden now wants to go to Houston. What's really going on with Harden? Well, I kind of feel like we need to – I understand why you want to start there, but, man, when you, if you're talking about the best TV show themes from when we were kids yeah, and for, for a basketball man like yourself not to reflexively nominate the White Shadow – I'm a little bit concerned. I have to – I just want to put that on the record. So no, I it's, hope, o- uh, it's, okay, it's okay, Mark. You are – I mean, here's the thing. I've seen some episodes of The White Shadow – it was a little bit before my time, to be totally honest with you. Okay, I was actually going to ask your age, and then I didn't want to like offend you by asking that. On the- no, I'm 47. I'm 47. We're, I mean, we're, we're close. We're not that far apart. I, I, I get it, but it just again, and 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 my my dad watched The White Shadow, but by the time my TV viewing, my family Cheers was our family show, uh, must see TV Thursday nights. And that was about, that's kind of all, like, I missed Hill Street Blues. I missed some of that mash we were never really into, right? So I, but I, my brother could probably tell you more about White Shadow than, than, than I could. I think so, you need to go back. I, I think you might need to have to go back and watch them. That's I think I, might, I, think I might, not, might, might need to as well. All right, give me, give me the what's really going on with Harden in, 
and then and then we'll get to Philly and some of the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, the fact that he he has interest in going to Houston has been out there for obviously not not weeks. We're talking months, and there definitely is a feeling that uh, you know Harden's free agency plays some factor here. Now the Sixers are obviously going to deny that and say. It isn't true, but obviously actions speak louder than words, and Doc Rivers is no longer the coach there. So I think it's pretty reasonable to infer that, uh, you know, it was at least somewhat of a factor. It's just, it is, I think the most fascinating thing to me is that Houston is so hot for this to happen. And that's really the chatter that has been out there again for months. That Why? The, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the thing. The Rockets want to win. That's clear. They just endured the three worst seasons in franchise history. And they've got all this cap space. They think they know Harden. And they think Harden's return is going to make them, you know, a 50-win team again. Not necessarily a championship team again, but a very competitive team. I, I share the skeptical tone in your voice. I'm, I'm shocked that they're so gung-ho for this because I think Harden's play in Philly has proven at this point that he is more of a complimentary player. And, you know, at times he's done really well as Joel Embiid's sidekick. And then obviously there were times in that series, game six and seven, that it didn't work at all and it looked awful. But so many teams around the league believe the Rockets are the leading suitor for James Harden for there to be nothing there. Yeah. Plus, I mean, there's all these questions about their culture and I don't, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't get that one. Okay. So what about Philly? You get the reigning MVP of the league. Uh, you need a coach and potentially you need somebody else to run your offense. How, how does it work in Philly if he leaves? Well, let's start with the coaching aspect. You know, Daryl Morey has hired Nick Nurse before, so that makes a lot of sense, except we've even heard Joel Embiid, you know, say some things about Nick Nurse in the past where he didn't seem to love the way, uh, you know, Nick Nurse was the defenses that were being thrown at him or the discourse with the referees. You know, I'm sure if Harden was given a vote here, he would, he would probably go for Mike D'Antoni. And the chatter about the Sixers being interested in D'Antoni, I mean, that was circulating last season. I mean, you know, once once they found a way to acquire Harden, you know, that talk was starting, and and the Sixers did move to squash it then. But, um, you know, I I don't think Doc deserved uh, his fate. But, look, that team had crazy high expectations and basically three second-round exits, and people are going to focus on – on the playoffs. They're not going to look at what happened in the regular season and incremental improvement. I mean, the Sixers, it's been more than 20 years since they've even reached the conference finals. There's a lot of pressure on everyone there, but I was just in Chicago for the pre-draft combine. And a lot of people are asking the same thing you asked, because it's not clear what direction Philly is going to go in terms of hiring a coach. I mean, we've heard nurse, we've heard Dan Tony, but it's by no means, clear-cut which way they go. Um, why is Mike Malone 
challenging the national narrative after game one. I mean, and, and I, I get he, he, you know, kind of backpedaled at the end. It was like, look, none of it matters. We got to win game to get, got to win a game in LA or none of this matters. But why, why the pushback against the national narrative, his, his assumed national narrative? I'm not sure either. Cause believe me, I'd rather have the two Oh lead than the national narrative. And the reality is the Lakers are just that huge that if the Lakers are playing pretty much anybody in the conference finals, not just Denver, they're going to dominate the narrative. I mean, that's, you know, I'm sure you know, after game one, so, you know, there was so much talk that, man, the Lakers played so well, Denver better be worried. So I was half expecting to wake up today and hear 25 shows saying, Lakers down 0 2, got them right where they want them. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if that was messaging to his team to try to keep his guys on edge. Maybe as a group, they're, you know, they feel they're gaining something with the world doesn't believe in us stuff but uh yeah I, I i also thought it was a little bit curious because uh i'd much rather have that that 2-0 lead and put all kinds of pressure on the lakers speaking of the lakers um look I, I, fatigue makes cowards of us all but it also makes mortals of immortals M- my my takeaway with lebron is like look this is what it's like to be 38 you know you're tired the ball slip out of your hands and you go for a dunk you miss a layup. Like I, I actually think like the the world's getting to see that while still very very good, he's thirty eight years old and it affects him. Things fatigue affects him more than it used to. It's like well, you know, he's shooting too many threes. All the guys when they get older, they shoot more threes. Like that's the way you have to play in order to play longer. Yeah. No. Look. He, whatever happens in this series, he is still the longevity goat. Maybe we can, you know, I don't know where you stand on the GOAT debate. Do you have Jordan? Do you have Kareem? Do you have LeBron? I, don't, I mean, let's put that aside. In terms of longevity, no one has ever done it longer and better than LeBron James to be playing at this level at this age. But you're exactly right, and it's why I, a big reason why I picked Denver to win this series. Yes, the Lakers smoked them in five games in the bubble, but Jokic didn't have an MVP yet, and those games were all played in the same place, no travel, no altitude. You know, the Lakers, the quest, the biggest question mark about them coming into these playoffs, it was, can LeBron and AD hold up for four rounds? And injury-wise, they're in good shape, but, you know, the Lakers are asking them to do a ton, even with their much-improved supporting cast, and to do it in Denver – at altitude against a team that is really, really good at home, it is a lot to ask. But, you know, the series is not over. I mean, I don't think anyone will be shocked if it goes back to Denver 2-2. But, yeah, I mean, this, is, this was the concern about this Laker team. Could LeBron and AD get through four rounds? And, really, it's, it's on AD to do more. LeBron is 38. He needs the help. And AD keeps going back and forth from – you know, the most dominant two-way force in the league to having offensive games last night, and it just can't happen if the Lakers want to beat a team as good as Denver. Um, okay, so let me ask you, since, since we're out West, uh, what happens to the Warriors, right? It looks like Bob Myers is going to leave. So what does that mean for Draymond? As Steve Kerr said, hey, we don't have Draymond. We're not a championship contender. Clay wants a max deal. He didn't play like a max level player in the playoffs. And then you have all those young guys, and you have Jordan Poole with his new contract, which, which not, not, nothing's untradeable, 
but not an easy trade. What happens with Golden State? I have resisted the last dance stuff all season long. We all loved watching the last dance. It's an easy thing to you know, toss out there and try to rope the Warriors into the same conversation, but th- this isn't a last dance situation to me. Bob Myers could very well step away. That's obviously been a, a real threat for this team all season long. They've known it, but I expect everyone else to be back. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, they do have difficult contractual situations, but I think ultimately they'll figure a way to keep it together. Those guys don't want to go elsewhere. They want to retire as Warriors. Stephen Curry doesn't want them to go anywhere else. Without, If Bob Myers is not the guy at the negotiation controls, certainly that complicates things to a degree, but I, I just... I think everyone, I really think the only, you know, prominent Warriors who aren't going to be there next season, Bob Myers is a possibility, and then Andre Godala, I don't know if he's going to decide to play again, but Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, they're all going to be back. So how can it be the last dance if those guys are all still there? Mark, you're the best, man. Uh, you and, and Chris Haynes do a great job. The pod is called This League Uncut. It's available wherever you download podcasts. It's more incredible insight with plenty of time to just unload on all the real insight and what's going on in the association. Steiny, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Sounds good, man. Take care. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Murray working against Hachimura. Five on the clock to Jokic. Back to Murray. Murray goes to the right hand. He gets jumped by LeBron, takes a three. That was good! comes the freight train across the timeline. Picked his pocket clean. Did Bruce Brown. And Denver's going to win game number two. There's the horn. Denver takes a commanding two games to nothing lead in the Western Conference Finals. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. Uh, it's time for our, that was our Progressive Play of the Day. Progressive is making things even easier. Help you bundle your home, car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Let's uh, do a little Two Lies, One Cup. Now, it's time for Two Lies, One Cup. Three hockey stories, only one of which are true. We'll read them. John Ramos will tell him he knows no one knows the hockey like Ramos. Let's go to Pierre first, our French Canadian correspondent. Eh oui. And c'est bon. You're on. In what was the seventh largest playoff game in Stanley, longest, longest. Sorry, I, I cannot read. It's not my first language. In what was the seventh longest playoff game in Stanley Cup history? The Panther defeat the Hurricane three to two in six overtime as the teams combined to take three hundred seventy four shot on goal. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound likely. Okay, so this is the real one, John. Um, in what was the eighth longest playoff game in Stanley Cup playoff history? The Panthers defeated the Hurricanes three to two in three overtimes, as the teams combined for a hundred and thirty-nine penalty minutes. John, this is this is where the uh, truth lies. In what was the sixth longest playoff game in Stanley Cup playoff history? The Panthers defeated the Hurricanes three two in four overtimes, as the teams combined for one hundred and forty-three faceoffs. John, this, oh man, this one's this one's hard. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not cold. easy. Yes, um, just by looking at it, I'm going to say that the the lie, the truth is going to be Dan's. 
The hmm. sixth longest one because 374 shots on goal. That seems an awfully lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John Spidey sense correct in that aspect. Okay. There were 125 shots okay. last night. Uh, 65 from Carolina, 60 from Florida. Shots on goal, yeah. 374. That's right. Pierre is a liar. Yep. And you felt Jason was a liar as well? Yeah. You are correct, John. That oh, is correct. All right. Wow. Yes, I was correct. 143 faceoffs last night. Woo! The, instead of the 139 penalty minutes, there were only nine. <laughs> the, but uh, the game actually took 139 minutes to actually complete. So that's where that little nugget came from. Holy smokes. John's a winner today. Yes. Good job, John. Thank Got you. Right. All right. Let's get to the gambler, shall we? Especially with uh, Doyle Brunson passing away, right? The ultimate gambler. Texas Dolly. Texas Dolly passed away earlier this week. Also 87. There's your three. You know, they they always always come in threes. threes. Yeah. Texas Dolly. All right. The gambler works simpler. One pick you you would tell your best friend to call his guy about to lock him up, make him some money. Jay Stu team parlay. What do you got? We're going to do a mixed sport uh, Jace 2 team parlay. Jace 2 these team parlay. These weren't legal in the 60s. Just uh, mixed you know. sports. Yes, they, you're right. Exactly. Um, so in the basketball game, the you NBA You identify game, as a, a baseball better or a football? I'm just kidding. Um, take the heat and the points. They're getting nine and a half tonight. That's the first part of the Jace 2 team parlay. Yes, sir. And then over on the ice, take the Golden Knights minus 125 against the Stars. I had a message for the Stars fans. Mike Madonna was not skating through that uh, through that opening in the arena. Uh, the <laughs> Way to hold him. Um, all right, I'll give you one. Everybody assumes I'd pick the Angels because I, like me and um, myself and I, lone Angel fan on national radio. Uh, they face the Twins tonight. Joe Ryan on the bump for the Twins. Joe Ryan, 6-1 and one with a 2.16 ERA. Wow, right? And he's going against Reed Detmers, who, yeah, not the same type of season. Take the Twins tonight. Ramos? Uh, battle of bad teams. Kansas City is in Chicago to take on the White Sox. I just like Zach Granke. Take the White Sox. I mean, take the Royals to win that game. <laughs> okay. What do you got there, Dan Byer? Scotty Scheffler was my pick at the beginning of the week to win the yes, PGA. He's two yes. back. Uh, yep. He's going to prevail at Oak Hill. Wow. Wow. All right. Let's sing all the way to the end of the show. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Crank it. I don't think we timed out what warm summer's <laughs> evening. Train out of nowhere. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.